Hey everyone, welcome to the Faith and Fandom Podcast. This is the Artist's Alley Aftermath Edition for Galaxy Con Raleigh 2023. And yeah, it's a lot. I don't know how long this is going to be. I'm not going to talk forever, but good grief. This show's a long show. Um, so by nature, it gives me more to talk about. Uh, the show is girthy in length, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the longest show I've done in terms of hours required and stuff like that. Galaxy Con Raleigh is now four days long, Thursday through Sunday. And on average, for the whole days of Friday and Saturday, I'm on the show floor for 13 hours, um, including setup time. And that's not even the whole con day. So it's, it's just a lot, but it's good things. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's jump right into it. Um, and as I'd mentioned on some of the recent Artist Alley uh, stuff, that there was a bit of uh, fear slash tension, uh, frustration over some of the stuff for the setting up for uh, Galaxy Con Raleigh among some of the Artist Alley folk. Because the artist alley had been moved from the show floor where it's been since before it was Galaxy Con when it was still SuperCon. Artist Alley's always been on the show floor. My best years uh, at the show were when my booth was literally right at the exit of people's photo ops. People would be so excited about getting their photo with a celebrity. I'm like, oh man, who'd you get a photo with? Literally was one of the best conversation starters and opportunities ever. Um, and we've consistently moved away from the celebrities and such like that. And this time we weren't just moved away. We were four floors up. Literally uh, four whole <laughs> layers of concrete and human away from the celebrities, the vendors, the artists of bigger nature. And we were in a small ballroom uh, with just the artist alley folks. Um, you know, and realistically the, the room we were in was probably the size of the auditorium for my church building. So like a church sanctuary, it wasn't huge. And there's a lot of folks that were tense about it. I personally had feelings that I was trying to not be overwhelmed with. And I gotta say, once we made it up there, I was initially struggling with it. Um, and everyone around me kind of was as well. But I'm going to go ahead and jump to past all like storytelling convention and suspense portions. Uh, it worked out well. It worked out better than I anticipated. And I haven't counted money yet just because I'm tired and I don't care um, at this point for sure. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I did better there in the new artist attic area than I did in last year's show on the floor. Um, I sold out of the bite size book. I sold out of book five and I only had like two or three of a couple books left. So I came close to selling out of certain books. I sold out of all of my D20 candles, all of my game controller candles, and I had great interactions. So the show, uh, still carried on. It was very different. Um, 
but the flow of traffic was really busy. There were times it was so crowded in there that you couldn't really stop or even really see the tables around you. Now, there's still negatives to it. Load out and load in is way crazier now because instead of going one elevator up off the show floor and walking right out the door, it took me three like elevators on different floors that didn't connect to be able to get my stuff out to the car. And uh, just getting around could be weird. Uh, but, you know, I didn't get to see any of the celebrities or even really look at the uh, vendors or anything because the distance. And I was doing the show by myself primarily. Um, so logistically, it had its issues. But I can say wholeheartedly, the show was successful. Show went well. Being moved on that floor didn't kill Artist Alley. We didn't make a fraction of the cost. Almost every artist I talked to uh, met their goals and were satisfied. And, you know, I thank God for that. Um, because, again, you know me. You know why I do this. I'm doing this because I want to be able to connect with people. There are other people that are doing this as their livelihood. And yes, if I have a bad show, it can affect my livelihood, but I also know that God's going to provide even if I don't sell a bunch of stuff. But, uh, yeah, um, I didn't have anybody with me. So one of the things I like to do if I'm going to be by myself is I like to bring a stuffed animal to sit in a chair in case I go to a bathroom or something, just something goofy and fun. And so I brought my Snorlax giant Squishmallow and, uh, put my faith and fandom belt around it and it sat up kind of like a little beacon for people that were looking, it also helped me point out kids that I could get Pokemon cards to, so it worked out well. But at one point in time, I sat down too quickly, and Snorlax came off the top of my t-shirt uh, shelf and hit me flat across the head with my wrestling belt. So I got RKO'd out of nowhere by a Snorlax, which is fine. <laughs> it was cool. Um, also, a neat thing was on Friday, uh, I got to see TJ... Uh, who played Tin Man with me in Wizard of Oz, and he actually came to the Faith and Fandom discussion panel. And I haven't actually followed up with him to see how he felt about it, but it was really cool um, seeing TJ in that capacity. Um, and, you know, seeing my worlds connect. And also just, you know, my, I posted on Facebook and everything else. The people really are my favorite thing. And I got to see a lot of people I love, a lot of people that are very supportive of me and encouraging. And so I am grateful for that. Um, but the faith and fandom discussion panel on Friday, uh, was a good discussion. Uh, I got a lot of really positive feedback from people, believers and non-believers, um, that they were just encouraged by the dialogue and the honesty and the transparency of it. Um, I had a young lady that came by my booth on Sunday that said she didn't come by on Friday because she was worried, uh, because she was a Chris, she's not a Christian that she wouldn't be welcomed. And I had to assure her that wouldn't be the case, but I appreciated her sharing and was grateful for her. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to post the discussion panel just cause, uh, you know, a lot of it's people's private responses and everything like that. Uh, but I did record it, and I did record it with permission, um, which was funny because when I told some folks I was going to record it, uh, they left. Um, but, you know, cool. <laughs> Maybe that's accountability. Maybe they didn't want to be recorded, but it, if that can be a protection against me from somebody saying I said something or not doing something, that's all great, too. 
Um, I got to see my friend Amy and Deb uh, from the Raleigh-Durham area. Uh, Amy works at the movie theaters, and Deb runs a vegan bakery, and they were always some of my most consistent friends and family uh, in Raleigh shows, uh, especially NC Comic-Cons and Oak Cities and such, and it's been a while since I got to see them, like especially both see them both together, so I got to see them a few times this weekend, and that was wonderful. Also, uh, Amy is a big fan of uh, Ashley Cox from Fangirling Over Jesus, and she's a big fan of that. And so in the middle of when I was like tuning my guitar and stuff for Geek Church on Sunday morning, uh, Ashley and Amy got to meet for the first time in person and squeals, hugs, get all the things. And it was, it was cool just like standing back and watching that because um, I love uh, getting to see these communities get bridged and people make friends and things like that. Um, so yeah, really did enjoy that. What does my notes say right here? Does that say Leah? Oh yeah. Um, my friend Leah is also, uh, I'm so, you, you, I've mentioned this before. Sometimes I just see people's Instagram names. Um, and when, when I see their faces and, um, uh, but I have a friend named Leah who is also one of my old school Raleigh family and friends connected through various ministries, connected to Chris Poirier, connected to NC Comic Cons and stuff like that. And I hadn't got to see her in forever and her son was volunteering. And uh so she came by the booth and hung out for a while and I got to talk to her in that process and it was a really good conversation. Haven't got to talk to her in, in person in at least three years. And uh that was really cool too. Got to see Kylie and Steven, some of my friends that uh from my area, Kylie used to be part of my church. Um, Stephen grew up in our area in theater. In fact, he was going to originally be uh, the Scarecrow, I think, before Oz got canceled for COVID. But I officiated and uh, DJed their wedding last year, and they have a newborn. Got to see the baby. Just cool stuff. It was got good to see them with that. Um, and another thing, not only did Artist Alley leave the show floor the food trucks left the show floor um which is a sad sad day um but they're also opened up some areas for different things to try but i'll <clears throat> say my favorite thing is that the um on the next to last floor away from me like three floors away from me there was a milk tea slash bubble tea place and you know for con prices it wasn't unreasonable and to be able to get a milk tea or a bubble tea at the con um, or have friends bring me some, magnificent. I think I ended up with like four or five milk teas over the weekend, which isn't bad, um, but really did enjoy it. Um, having milk tea and bubble tea there just makes a difference because if you know me and you know <clears throat> my habits at cons, I don't buy food at cons. It's expensive. I can't afford it. I'm on a budget and I don't, I straight up am not going to buy a $20 plate of dumplings or fried rice or something from a stand that's upcharged. But occasionally I will take a tasty beverage. Um, I usually live on cons on pop tarts and jerky. <laughs> it's, it's kind of my whole con diet, which of course is terrible. And then we get out of the show floor late and it's like eating a real meal after that is like terrible for me health wise. Um, I'm working on it. Um, but yeah, the artist alley issues were 
uh, there and present of the frustration and the discouragements. And it wasn't just me. There were, I was, you know, artists that felt unseen. They felt uh, the communication was bad. They felt there was frustration and stuff like that. And I don't disagree at some of that stuff. I also just know that, you know, I have to choose what I'm going to do about this. Am I going to respond, try and be helpful? Am I just going to stay angry or anything like that? And um, I realized that these people are trying their best and the show is growing and they're trying to accommodate. Um, my issue wasn't necessarily that we moved. It was how it was communicated through an email or whatever. But the reality is now going forward, there's nothing we can do about the past. But they are being upfront and saying that if we sign up for next year, we will be in the ballroom off the show floor. So now it's on the contract so everybody can see it. And it's not going to be a surprise or anything. Um, and I know that there were people frustrated. There were people that were signing petitions. Um, re- and I've got an email that I'm supposed to read about that as well. Um, but there, there are people that were frustrated. And, you know, again, it's a big thing. There's like thousands and thousands, like 30,000 plus people involved in this thing, if not more. And it's, it's a hard thing to gauge. And they straight up ran out of space. They ended up moving my friend Billy, who was running a board game for his board game sellouts, which is kind of a Cards Against Humanity versus being a salesman situation. And he was in the building, or in the room next to me, which was like Ballroom B, only on Thursday. Then on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they were moved across the street and down a block to the Sheraton Hotel. The people with the Star Wars stuff were moved across to the hotel at the Marriott. So it was literally like um, we were in three different convention centers. And it's definitely starting to feel like it's getting close to some Dragon Con vibes. Because Dragon Con's in like seven different convention centers. Also, uh, they have dramatically picked up security. Um, even for vendors. Because not sure if you're aware but like there's like next to no security in the world of the people that are on the floor of a convention center like legally not legally but like ethically and practically vendors and artists especially if there's load indoors can sneak anything onto a show floor and never be checked like anything nobody's ever looked in my tubs And I roll through there with three or four tubs deep of stuff and not once has anyone blinked at what's in my boxes. Like, I could, you know, be rolling in there with all sorts of craziness. And I know people do. Um, And nobody checked. But then uh, they also started, like, checking artists and vendors when they come in through and making them go through metal detectors. Now, I am not necessarily committing any crimes or, you know, craziness. But I am a nerd. And in my wallet are two metal batarangs in case of emergencies. And uh, and a lady made me go through the metal detector and I forgot about my batarangs. Um, and like she said, what's going off in that pocket? And I pulled out my wallet. I said, oh, it's just my wallet. She's like, all right, keep going. And I'm like, whew, like this close. I almost lost my batarangs. Because um, you never know when you're going to have to fight crime. By throwing a small projectile shaped like a bat at someone. Um, but again, I still think our, uh, GalaxyCon was doing well with what they were doing and how they were doing it. And I know it's complicated and frustrating. And, you know, I'm trying to do a little itty bitty show just at my church building. Um, and I know that's stressful, let alone 
trying to operate something that huge. So I appreciate them. I appreciate what they're doing. And I'm grateful they are trying to work with everybody. And I know it can be a, uh, like, I know it can be a thing. Now, um, everybody, and I've mentioned this before, like, when you're beside people, people usually have a shtick that they do to tell people about their product. Um, if I, I just greet people and say hi, but if someone touches one of my books, like I, for me personally, touching a book is an indicator of, I now have access to tell you about my stuff. Um, usually, which means I'm going to say, well, uh, faith and fandom is a book series of essays on faith and geek culture, devotionals or Bible studies on video games, superheroes, comics, anime, sci-fi. There are eight books in the main series and three additional books with more on the way. And, uh, there are no particular order. So you can jump into whatever has more stuff you actually like. Boom. That's my spiel that I throw every time. And then I usually point to a sign and say, and here's a listing of what's in each book individually. Go from there. Uh, there are people that have their sales pitches out to the point that if you get within two feet of their stuff, they're going to start talking to you and telling you your sales pitch. The lady next to me, and I'm not complaining, I'm just saying it's memorable. The lady next to me uh, was selling chopsticks as hair pieces. And every time someone would get close enough to her booth, she would go Julia Child and go, hello. And then she said, feel free free to fondle everything. And that was like the beginning of her sales pitch every time. And I told her that's definitely a catchy sales pitch. And, um, she would follow it up. Like if they're hanging around a little bit longer, she would say, um, I should turn my phone off. Um, she would say, I would just like you to know, I think that you have very sexy money and I would like to take it home with me. And I mean, she, she was charming. She was funny. She was cute and how she presented everything. But, uh, you know, same thing, four days, <laughs> uh, you know, up to, uh, 10 hour days of hearing that over and over. It can be a lot. And here's the thing. I know she got tired of saying it too. Um, she said she had a good weekend too, but it was just like, literally there came a point like, I'd never heard the word fondling so much and so often and in such a positive tone ever. Um, and you know, it's just, it's part of the rodeo. It's part of the, the whole artist alley, uh, experience. And, uh, you know, there, and let's just also touch on the fact that there are, um, you know, I always talk about their reactions to faith and fandom and they're sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Um, and I only had two or three really negative reactions, like ugly ones this weekend. I had lots of positives. Um, one guy came by like laughing almost like Beavis and Butthead, like <laughs> it must be really hard to run this booth. <laughs> and I went, No, not really. And he went, <laughs> and ran away. Like he had just completed the sickest burn of all time. And, you know, I try not to let little things like that discourage me. Um, but what was funny is there was a young lady at the booth looking at stickers or a book um, when he did that. And so she just quietly looked at me and she said, I am glad you're running it. And I was like, boom, 
<laughs> that's all I needed um, in that situation. But I mean, there was crazy things like one lady's like, they had talk about Jesus. Don't make eye contact. And it was like, don't make eye contact. I was like, that's, that's the woof. Okay. And I was like, that was a new one. Literally hearing saying someone tell a kid not to make eye contact with me because I have Jesus. Um, rock on, rock on. And of course there's the fact that there's a street preacher outside, you know, condemning people with his big yellow banner and sometimes on a microphone and, you know, I'm grateful I missed 99% of that being inside the con already when it starts. But, um, a lot of people feel the express desire to come tell me about how they feel about that guy. And I try not to be too negative and, uh, but also make a clear distinction. Um, and one guy just came in and he didn't stop at the booth. He didn't shop or anything like that. He wasn't interested in anything I had, but he walked up and said, I just want you to let you know that you're doing this the right way. Um, he said, you know, there are other people outside. And I was like, yeah, I know, I know what's going on out there. He says, you're doing it the way Christ would do it. And he wasn't interested in anything I had, but he wanted to let me know. He felt I was approaching this in the right way. Now, let me be very clear. Everybody's going to do stuff differently. I think it's a very Romans 14 situation of you're going to have different perspectives. And one of the young men that was talking to me about this street preacher says, well, he's got the right heart with the wrong execution. And, you know, and sometimes, and this is just a personal opinion, I don't know that they have the right heart. Um, because I feel like if you're moving through manipulation and fear um, I don't know that your heart's in the right place. I think your heart might be misguided. Um, that's an opinion. I firmly believe, uh, first John four eighteen of, uh, that, uh, there is no fear in love perfect love casts out fear. If you are still in fear, you've not been made perfect in love. I don't, I don't think that fear is the motivation, but I digress. We do stuff differently and I'm grateful that, you know, people see a difference between what I do and what they do. And, um, I know we may get lumped into the same category sometimes, but I'm trying, uh, to be that, uh, but yeah. So, you know, other than that, it was kind of like a pretty steady stream throughout the whole weekend of positive and encouraging, um, occasional negatives, occasional mockings and things like that. Um, I got to see the Quackenbush family, which is the lady who wrote the um, Hotel Transylvania chapter for one of our pieces um, that uh, will probably end up in book nine. Um, I just got to see a lot of other cool people and situations. I'm going to browse back through my photos real quick just to make sure I'm not missing anything. I had taken notes uh, for the first portion, but it just got so busy as we went on that taking notes got a lot harder. Um so let's jump on to, uh, we did, uh, the discussion panel mentioned that well on, uh, and we had a very foolish room by the way, for the discussion panel, you can see the posts on Facebook with it. Um, you know, just a handful of chairs left out of the 303 room, which is a pretty chunky room. Um, and then on Friday, uh, I got to see my friend Tori. She came by, uh, lives in the area. I let her browse around. I saw my first official Ted Lasso cosplayer. Um, and that was cool too. Uh, and I appreciate systematic ecology. 
uh, some of my friends that had shared, uh, you know, that in the public square, it's not an either or, but a both and you have permission to be both a person of faith and a geek that they shared that. Um, one of my favorite things is that there was a great fairy from Zelda cosplayer. I love uh, Zelda and I'm a big fan of the great fairies. And when I saw the one cosplayer on, let's say Friday dressed like one, uh, she said I was the first person to recognize her and I thought she did a great job. And so I was excited for that. That made me happy. Um, I also saw on uh, Saturday a Pura from uh, Tears of the Kingdom cosplayer. She was great. Um, and I talked to a Spider-Gwen and uh, Hobie cosplay team that also works in youth ministry and a school for youth ministry. That was really great experience. Um, I got to see my friend... Uh, uh, that inspired the BB-8 candles in the Phineas and Ferb chapter. It was also really cool because, um, if you're not aware, there was a young man at one of these events years back that asked for a Phineas and Ferb chapter, and I normally don't do requests, but this kid has always been really encouraging and really supportive, and I wanted to uh, give it a shot, and I did love Phineas and Ferb, and so I written the Phineas and Ferb chapter in book seven specifically because that kid had asked. And, you know, then fast forward a few years, uh, there was a young lady uh, at the booth looking through the books. And I was like, you know, gone through the whole spiel. And she said, that's nice. And I was like, well, what's your favorite thing? And she's like, you won't have my favorite thing. And I said, well, try me. And she said, Phineas and Ferb. And I said, book seven. And she literally did a happy dance. And she jumped up and down. It was pretty exciting for that. Um, also, one of my favorite cosplays was another one on... Uh, There's another great fairy. And this was, I think, the best execution of a cosplay for me. Uh, she also had the maestro with her. And I complimented her great fairy costume. And she looked at me and said, would you like me to upgrade your armor? And if you play Tears of the Kingdom at all, you know that all the ways that the fairies upgrade your armor are very flirtatious and often blushworthy. And so this woman dressed, not scantily clad, but like fairy-esque in front of me asking to upgrade my armor. Like I literally just paused and I was like, yeah yes and so she blew me a kiss and then reached out and put a gold star on my shirt which every time you upgrade armor in zelda you get a gold you get a star that kind of upgrades your spot so that was really cool too a couple cool other cosplays that really stood out to me there was a ponard from uh, pokemon i've never seen anybody cosplay that costume before and there was a kitty pride slash uh kate um, from, uh, what is the name of her book? Um, the Marauders. Yeah. The Marauders. And, um, the, of the recent issue where she's like, or the recent run where she's in like a full pirate mode and has tattoos on her fists that say hold fast. Love that. There's also a Magnemite and a Beetle cosplay, um, that were out there. And another really cool thing on Saturday, I, knew I'd been watching for weeks that Counting Crows and Dashboard Confessional were going to be playing at the, um, going to be playing a concert directly across from the convention center at the Red Hat Amphitheater. And I've learned through past experiences that if you're in certain parking decks in that 
city area, you could hear the concert really well. And so parked that way on Saturday specifically just so I could hear some of that. And Mr. Jones is my favorite song by them. And I waited around for three songs and it just so happened Mr. Jones was the third song and I got to hear them do that. So that was kind of like a little bucket list thing to be able to hear their show. So if you're ever wanting to hear a concert at Red Hat Amphitheater and not pay for it, you can go to the any of the parking decks in the area. Just make sure you pick the one that actually has the right amount of reverb. Which is, I know, a silly statement, but it's like the... Uh, it's it's the best option. So, um, but yeah, did that, and then Saturday again, long day, good day. Also did two nerd slams, and my friends LJ and Monica Bowens were awesome, and they took a lot of photos and were just really great with us as well. And they just did a great job with that. Um, also really grateful for the Glenn family as always, because uh, Michael and Alicia are wonderful as well as their parents and. You know, they've just they've just been really great part of my con journey. Sunday morning was Geek Church, and um, I'll let you just listen to that if you want to. That's already on our podcast channel and YouTube and all that jazz. Um, but I will say uh, one of my favorite moments from Geek Church was, and the whole message was on Barbenheimer and talking about the different extremes we face in life and what we do when we're overwhelmed and when everyone's against us and stuff like that. And, um, got to the end of the message and, uh, came to the point where I was done, had about four minutes left because I was trying to be on time for everyone. And I said, all right, does anyone have any questions? And a young man about three fourths of the way back through the crowd raised his hand and quietly said, can I have a hug? And if you hear the audio of it on the podcast, um, I bounced back pretty quick, but it literally took everything within me not to just like cry right then. Um, and I said, you know, I'm moderately sweaty. Are you okay with that? And then, you know, he got up and we hugged and, you know, I, and here's how, into the hug I was and how appreciative of being able to be there for that kid in the moment is that I didn't notice when I hugged him that the whole room went aw and clapped. Like it wasn't until I was editing the audio from geek church that I even knew that happened. I was just grateful to be able to be there for a kid when he needed it. Um, and yeah, it was a great experience for me. Um, also, uh, Jason Crutchfield, who's one of our Patreon supporters. If you've been by our booth forever, um, there's a, usually a little sign up there that says this booth is sponsored by Patreon supporter Jason Crutchfield. Uh, Jason has been sponsoring our booth at a crazy level for a long time and um, literally helps make all, a lot of this possible. And so he came by Sunday as well and was at Geek Church. And I'm just grateful um, for the whole experience. Um, grateful to be able to to share, to be able to do this in the capacity I do it. And I know it's only because uh, people that are praying for me, that are encouraging me, that are supporting me. And because um, it gets exhausting and it gets lonely and it gets really tiring. And it's the little things that people do in between the back and forth and throughout the process that really helps make it functional and able for me to do this and not fall apart. Um, I also really miss my family. <laughs> um, and my oldest daughter, like I didn't get to see her because she was at a week of camp. I left in the middle. Um, she's already back at another week of camp. And so like, 
you know, I hate not seeing my kids all the time. They were all too busy to come to GalaxyCon anyway this weekend, which also sucks. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out the reel on Facebook or Instagram or the pictures of the event for the weekend, um, do that because you can kind of get a, a picture. Oh, also we're going to point out uh, my friend Leah brought me a Shepherd book that she'd been holding on to for years. Uh, waiting to give me and my friend Joe Lisi, who uh, does Joey Stack's uh, art, some of the best art displays at cons. Um, he, I've been compl- not complaining, but I've been mentioning for years that he didn't do Krillin. And so he finally did a Krillin design and brought me a standy little statue of it um, as a gift. And so I am going to treasure that because that's awesome. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the Artist Alley aftermath of galaxy con raleigh 2023 it was a lot it was good um long days good days but yeah it was solid um good experience uh i am on a mad dash rush now to try and get all of my stuff together um to be able to actually be ready for my next show in two weeks which is at Greenville Comic-Con. And uh, before I go, I uh, just want to let you know, we've got three to four chapters on deck that'll be going into book nine as soon as I can get them flushed out. I've got one big wedding to get through in this upcoming week, and past that, I should be able to uh, jump right on it in that capacity. Um, also have two podcasts coming up. Uh that you should be checking out. Uh, I've recently started a podcast partnership with Love Thy Nerd, where they're going to take my interview podcasts and air them first on their network, um, and then they'll be coming to my stuff later. But I'll link it up when it's they first drop. But uh, the first one is going to be with Karen Whitfield, who was the Bronze Age Batgirl. And then the second one is going to be with Tesh Norton, who is... Uh, a awesome lady that runs a Jedi training school that's effectively like the WWE. And that's really cool. Um, before I go, though, I want to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters and the people that brought me bubble tea this weekend. <laughs> so Jonathan Herman, Ron Petit, Tesh Norton, Scott Ward, Alicia Benson, Candace Davis, Jay Sheed, Jay, or Jillian, Jason Crutchfield, Mike Perna, Todd Turner, John Jacobs, Zach Harris, Caleb Grimm, Jeanette Skaggs, uh, Chris Poyer, Jason Bullock, Christina Ray, Sarah Lewis, Patrick Gale, Rebecca Godlove, and Adam Davis. Thank you all for uh, making everything just possible and amazing. Uh, thank you to Ashley Cox for bringing me bubble tea and Alicia and Michael for looking for bubble tea and all the other people that brought me bubble tea and coffee and just the things I love you and appreciate you. Thanks for checking out this, uh, time. And, you know, I appreciate you listening about comic cons and I hope to see you on a show floor soon. We'll be at Greenville comic con on August 12th. If that's Saturday and wake forest mini con on August 19th. And then uh, I'm hosting Vertical Minicon on September 9th at my church building. And I may be at Fayetteville's Library Con on September 16th that I'm aware of. So I'll keep you posted and thanks for listening. (laughs) 